0: In for
1: some trouble. Spider-Sense. Spider-Sense is else's Spider-Sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your Spider-Sense tingling? <laughs>
0: <gasps>
1: to, to yeah. listen, to, to, okay to listen to this show find us on fluoride and wherever you get your podcasts this podcast is brought to you by revenge lover designs illustration and design that fit your personality for samples and inquiries visit revengelover.com. was was that your thoughts on this episode just like right up front is that <laughs> is that what's happening here yeah yeah
0: i i'm very thrilled to be talking about the spider slayers once again Uh, and my favorite nineties villain, uh, from this cartoon ultimate slayer.
1: I mean, yeah, (laughs) this is, look, you can't, this is better than the spider slayers two parter. I feel like, I feel like you have to admit that at the very least it's better than the, than the first time we met spider slayers.
0: I mean, if it's better, I had about as much fun. Sure. Okay, I mean, I guess that's fair.
1: yeah well yeah so uh, let's let's just start talking about it i guess uh this this uh series is currently available on disney plus and for purchase on other digital platforms like usual this is also one of those episodes that's available on the daredevil versus spider-man dvds oh. um yeah this and, and i think the next episode are all are all <laughs> like the quartet on that set
0: i guess that does make sense considering the revelation that daredevil is in exactly two episodes of the show
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, so the episode we're talking about is Spider-Man The Animated Series, Season 3, Episode 8. This episode's entitled The Sins of the Fathers, Chapter 8, The Ultimate Slayer. Synopsis Prime DV is, Alistair Smythe is planning on betraying the Kingpin. <gasps> what? But when Kingpin finds out, he hires Landon to inject his mutation formula into Smythe. Now, Smythe has become the ultimate Spider Slayer. Original air date is October 5th, 1996. Story by John Semper. Teleplay by Doug Booth and Mark Hoffmeyer. We've talked about all of them pretty recently, so nothing new to talk about here.
0: Indeed. Uh, you did mention that Landon is back in this. Um, we've talked about Herbert Landon before, and we've talked about his voice actor. But if you forgot, and I wouldn't be surprised necessarily if you did, because he really <laughs> only shows up in those X-Men episodes, which kind of feel like their own thing. Yeah. He is voiced by David Warner, um, who voiced Ra's al Ghul in Batman the Animated Series, Archmage and Gargoyles, Professor Perry in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the movie The Secret of the Ooze, uh, and plenty of other stuff. And you can tell. If you know him from any of those other properties, you can tell it's him for sure. Yeah, very distinctive voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very nice voice, but very distinct voice as well. Yeah. And then um, it's just worth noting, I think, that the Slayer version of Alistair is still Maxwell Caulfield. Same guy who voiced him before, but as it turns out, we never actually talked about Maxwell Caulfield because early on in the podcast when we were introducing major characters, uh, some of these folks, uh, and we'll have one of these next week as well, some of these folks slipped through the cracks because we were talking about Peter and Mary Jane and jonah and you know like these major characters so discovered we never actually talked about this guy um maxwell caulfield starred across michelle pfeiffer in Grease 2 uh, and across charlie sheen and the boys next door and he is rex manning from empire records which is where the cult holiday observance of rex manning day comes from if you ever seen that on twitter uh, i did not know that now i do
1: <laughs> i don't know that either the only um, thing I knew him from was Grease 2, actually, oddly enough. Yeah,
0: I saw at least uh, a couple places that, that, and you know, I don't know who's who's writing it or from what perspective, but I saw at least a couple places that were like, oh yeah, he was this up-and-coming guy who then starred in Grease 2 and never recovered. I was <laughs> like, oh God, <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> um, he did land a main cast role on the Colbys, which was a spinoff of Dynasty, after he appeared in nine episodes of Dynasty. Um as a member of the Colby's. So um, he was in that uh, and that did go two seasons. Then he also was on um, over 150 episodes of a British soap opera called Emmerdale. And just because we recently brought this show up, he shows up in two episodes of murder. She wrote, which of course stars Aunt may or Angela (laughs) Lansbury. I like that. That's just going to become a running gag now. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, now I can't unsee it. I
1: know me either. It's, it's so
0: funny. (laughs) It's really funny, and uh, it's just, it's it's like uncanny now that AP brought that up. Like, it's, yeah. it's thinking about how different her design is in this show is something I'm never going to be able to stop doing. Yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, you know, I guess we can dive right into this episode. We alluded to the fact that this is, you know, a continuation of the Spider Slayer story. Uh, the title obviously sort of indicates that as well but that's kind of what we're in for here. So the episode opens up at the Daily Bugle where Peter is blindsided twice in rapid succession. Uh, First, when he learns that Harry Osborn and Mary Jane Watson have gotten engaged and when he receives a phone call from Alistair Smythe. So right off the bat, I will say like when you're talking about this being a better episode than the original Spider Slayers, I I mean, I, I, I have to agree simply by the inclusion of like, characters that are more interesting and that are more well-developed now at this point in the series so like right off the jump like i'll amend my uh, um by saying like yeah it definitely is simply because there's more going on that's kind of like incidental and woven into all of this and that starts right here with this engagement announcement and the return of alistair
1: yeah well i think um like one thing that i i've noticed is that i think the se- i i think i really like at least at this point like how the season is doing serialization compared to how the second season did it cuz i think like the second season i think took almost took the more modern like netflixy approach where it was just like it was all pretty much just Bigger, like smaller pieces as part of a bigger storyline. All the continuous neogenic nightmare stuff, mm-hmm. one full episode flowing into into the other. With just a with obviously with a few standouts that weren't like that, but for the most part, it was just like this kind of never ending like neogenic plot, like episode to episode, right? And this this season, I I really liked how they've sort of st- been a lot more episodic, but flowed in all of these sort of like background details from episode to episode. So you have this ongoing like romance stuff with Mary Jane and Heater. And Peter and Harry um, and then like you'll have little elements that are set up in one episode that show up again in in, the, in another episode like all of the Alistair Smythe stuff was sort of set up in the previous episode but you don't necessarily need to have seen the previous episode to understand what's happening here it's just like oh okay so for whatever reason Smythe is on his last legs with uh with with Kingpin um we just you know have more background from the previous episode like i think that they've they've sort of streamlined and kind of, I guess, sort of perfected how they do their serialized stories this season.
0: I think perfected is a strong word. Like, I do, I appreciate this type of serialization a lot better. I think it's harder, though, and I think it still feels to me a little bit like a work in progress sometimes. Um, but I think as they're building on things... Its just that like all those threads together as one singular rope does get stronger and stronger, mm-hmm. right, like this episode um and next week's episode as well well i I think I'll bring this up a little bit like these episodes do have to do a little bit of reminding you of things because it has been so long, and they told this big, long sweeping story in between mm-hmm. um but now that they're doing it, they'll have they won't have to do that as much moving forward, so yeah um though i I think I think I'll be there with you for sure, and I appreciate this more. Uh, Cause it's definitely harder to do, but yeah. beginning of this episode, especially is uh, I literally stopped and then went back to the beginning. Cause I was like, is this skipping around? Um, <laughs> Cause I was very confused by some of the things that were all being thrown at the same time
1: yeah so on on the phone uh with peter alistair explains that he suspects that he's about to be betrayed by the kingpin so he wants to betray him first basically yep. he wants to strike preemptively take down to kingpin with spider-man's help um and he, he's contacted peter because he knows that Peter has a connection with spider-man through his <laughs> photos and everything
0: um Ooh, peter parker i know peter parker this is like multiple episodes in a row now where people are like Peter Parker and spider-man let's go to Peter Parker to get to (laughs) spider-man and it's going to continue like this isn't,
1: yeah like it's going to continue this season so it's so funny like yeah uh yeah I I have to wonder if that's sort of intentional too because it's just keeps coming up it Mm -hmm. is and and I just love the absurdity of like him just Peter getting a phone call at work from this like (laughs) criminal mastermind guy it's just like Uh hey uh can you help me out man
0: (laughs) right yeah yeah um
1: (laughs) But of course, like, it doesn't matter because as Alistair hangs up, he is confronted by Kingpin, like, immediately, who has been eavesdropping on the call. I don't understand how Alistair didn't find some more covert place to do this, but I guess he's in Kingpin's lair. Like, what else? Where else can he go? I don't know.
0: He does seem kind of imprisoned in Kingpin's tower. Like, we've never really seen him anywhere else. (laughs) and i mean you're you're definitely right about like finding a more private place but i also love that they throw in the detail of kingpin being like you forgot that despite my size i am super agile yeah, you well, never would have heard me coming he, he
1: specifically <laughs> says the agility of a cat yeah <laughs> he'll sneak up on you and you have the loyalty of a jackal
0: Mm-hmm. i love it bold bold choice using uh the word jackal in a spider-man show
1: good point yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) well spider-man heads to the baxter building where he agreed to meet with smythe but he's caught off guard when he's attacked by a monstrous version of smythe with lasers on his shoulders but like biological fleshy lasers that are built not built in that are like grown out of his shoulders um and this is the point at which i like stopped and then went back to the beginning of the episode and was like clearly I missed something (laughs) (laughs) because he goes he goes from talking with a regular human Alistair Smythe on the phone to the next scene being him battling like I appreciate some of the storytelling choices that they're they're making because they're riskier they're like less linear stuff like that I think this was a moment where they really wanted to do like the like surprising moment and then explain it after the fact i just don't think it works as well in this episode as it has in previous episodes
1: well i think part of the problem is that it is like one scene after another and so the passage of time is really unclear yep because it feels because even spider-man even comments like oh i instead of meeting Smythe, i'd rather be you know going and, and checking with mary jane uh you know instead and seeing what's up with her engagement and everything which gives the impression that like this he this went is straight right after the phone call yeah but obviously we learn you know, as we learn alistair was like kidnapped and transformed into this thing that couldn't have happened in like 10 minutes like th- it, there had to be like a full day or hour, or i don't know even hours seems like it's stretching it it's like yeah. considering the extensive amount of transformation and like brainwashing and stuff they had to do on smythe like that that seemed like a misstep i feel like there should have been some way to some scene in between or something like that
0: yeah it could have been as easy as and maybe they did this but everything uh, happened so fast that it's entirely believable we wouldn't have caught it but it's as easy as just having like meet me tonight at the baxter building but the fact yeah. that it goes immediately there and the fact that everything's happening so fast yeah you're right it does make it feel like he just goes straight there i mean we don't yeah. see him do literally anything else
1: it's just it's just the usual pacing problem with this show yep. unfortunately
0: yeah, nothing new unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So the two clash and Spider-Man ultimately falls multiple stories through numerous floors uh because these these lasers <laughs> these shoulder lasers uh are going to be a problem all throughout this episode. So uh he falls I guess to the bottom of this building. I guess um, so. <laughs> i guess and ends up in the literal crosshairs of the new alistair smythe we see an actual like heads-up display that indicates to us that like he's not just a monster there's some sort of like weird technology component going on here and it's like pretty intense like spider-man is on the ground doesn't really know what to do totally caught off guard uh, just fell multiple stories and has these like bio lasers like trained on him And just as you would think he's about to get blasted, uh, Madam Webb pulls him out of the fight and into her dimension.
1: I think this is kind of fun because, like, I feel like if you're up till this point, Madam Webb's interventions have been very, like, internal. Like, you could question, like, if... If it's all not not if it's all in Spider-Man's head like you know that it's real but it's like her you it's you you wouldn't necessarily know like exactly what her impact on reality is. And I feel like this is the first time where it's like her actions are are sort of observed by outside people like people recognize other people recognize that Spider-Man has disappeared. Mm -hmm at this point, which I think is sort of interesting. Like I actually feel like it makes her appear even more powerful. Cause it's not like she's like a watcher figure or whatever. Like she actually can pull Spider-Man out of reality if she needs to, which yeah. is, which is pretty op. <laughs>
0: yeah, it it totally is. But I think, and I think it's helpful that they show that, and I think it's helpful that they have other characters react to it because it, she, you're right. She was like totally nebulous before this. Mm-hmm. It, it was entirely believable that Spider Man just like freezes in place when yeah. he's talking to uh, to Madame Web. You know.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: But not the case. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, uh, Kingpin,
1: who's been sort of watching through. Uh, you know the eyes of of like mutant robot Smythe. Oh my um, god. Seized? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. Uh, it's gross. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll I'll talk more about this, but I like the idea of a lot of what's going on here because of that exact reaction that we just had. Uh, mm-hmm. But execution is a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, like there's a body horror aspect that's mm-hmm. there, but I think. I feel like this show has even sort of done it a little bit better before. Um, and it's oh, sort of, yeah. And, I, and it's sort of disappointing considering that this is like body horror happening without the guy's consent. Like it isn't like. Right. Like yeah. I no, like
0: that's to me what's. That's so the worst part. Yeah. Horrible about it and what I think could have been been really cool.
1: Yeah. Because at least with like other villains like Scorpion and stuff, like he didn't really know what was going to happen to him. But he still was like a dude who signed up to be experimented on, you know, mm-hmm. like this is this is still a very. Different is a punishment. Situation yeah and and what's even worse about his punishment with all the mutations they still forced him to keep his terrible haircut like they didn't even change that so like it sure truly is like hell for this guy i mean how um, could
0: you that's that's where his true power lies
1: yeah yeah i mean you know what if he didn't have it you would have no idea who he was let's be real that's a fact. like this is yep. one identifying factor yep. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, a Kingpin sort of watching this uh, on his TV screens through Smythe's eyes. So he sees that Spider-Man has like vanished. So he's like, oh, wow, I, this like mutant that we just created couldn't even couldn't even capture Spider-Man. Spider-Man was still able to escape and we realize he's talking to this uh, half-mutated Herbert Landon which is, is wild to me that's the first time that we've seen him since the X-Men two-parter like way back early in the second season mm-hmm. we never really knew what happened to him after like I remember he turns into a kaiju they like fix him with I don't know with electricity or whatever they did I don't even remember what they did how they how they saved him but they mutate they like unmutate him back to human form but like he's still like part mutant and we see that like that was a permanent thing like half his body is sort of like the green kaiju skin that he had um just you know as a regular human sized person now and only half of his body
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean like let's be real he looks like an amphibious (laughs) two-face
1: yes that's exactly what it is yep yep
0: and and you know it's it's been demonstrated multiple times on this podcast that my memory is hot garbage um but in this case i literally had to go back and look to see what even happened to him and what episodes he was like a part of because i was like this guy i know this guy why do i know this guy it's been so long and then when i saw that it was the x-men ones i was like oh that's right yeah that he turned into a mutant but then i was like but i assume they just like destroyed him (laughs) but no they they did not um and like you i don't really know how how that all ended up with him being you know 2 Face. (laughs) i'm not really sure Where the it's steps so, in between were. <laughs> it's so funny that we did those
1: episodes for the podcast like, twice. twice <laughs> and I don't remember how they, how they saved him. I don't know. X-Men did X-Men things and then he became human again. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> human again. I, either way, he's here now. He's mm-hmm. basically Kingpin's new Lieutenant pretty much. Um, I think he even says that says as much at some point in this episode. Yeah. Um, and he is the one who's behind Alistair's transformation, which does check out because in that X-Men episode, he was all about like studying the mutant gene and stuff like that. In that case, mm-hmm. he was going to destroy them, but obviously he knows how to mutate shit. Um, he's probably been working on that stuff since those episodes in the time in between. So he's behind all of this. That's his role in this episode.
0: Yeah. There could be like cool poetry here uh, that I don't think they necessarily explore. I'm not sure... I'm not sure how this moves forward, so I'm still open to there being that poetry there. I think there's some inherent, but I I hope the show... Uh, acknowledges it in in a deeper way than than this episode does.
1: Like the dude who hates mutants and wants to destroy them, like creating more mutants, essentially?
0: Yeah, because there was poetry in, in just those two episodes, right? It's yeah. like expected poetry, and this is the unexpected poetry. But the fact that he, you know, the, the expected yeah. irony of hating the mutants and then becoming a mutant and then becoming the worst kind of mutant or whatever, yeah. I think that was sort of like, okay, yeah, well, we could have seen that coming if we really thought about it. This, you wouldn't see coming. So I'd like to see how they how they play with that um, a little bit more
1: hope so I hope they do I don't really Mm -hmm. remember what more they do I know that I know that both of those both uh, Smythe and Landon like continue to make appearances but I don't remember if they have major roles or not so we'll see
0: yeah no idea (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: yeah so back at Madam Webbs uh, in her dimension, Spidey is just complaining and whining. The Nile stairs too strong. I don't know how to how to beat him. You fought him <laughs> once, dude. Like I don't know. You haven't even you haven't really tried. Like you had mm-hmm. one bad fight. Like you, you were caught off guard. Out. Like it's yeah. understandable.
0: Like every time you meet a new mutant or new mutant, new mutant a new uh, a new uh, villain, like you you kind of get your ass handed to you. It's sort of like yeah. standard practice. Yeah, it's like, it is what you it's, do it's, as a superhero. You know.
1: I get what I get. What the episode's doing, and like I do, I like a lot of the Madam Web, su- Web stuff. Mostly for her specifically because she's funny and she can like snark right back at Spider Man in a way that like most other characters can't. Like, what's the yeah. is, is? it in this scene where she's like she's like, well, your Aunt May seems intelligent. I guess yeah. ignorance couldn't uh, it couldn't run in your family, which is so funny because <laughs> Aunt May has never appeared to be that intelligent. So that no. makes it even even more of like an insult. But, like, yeah, I mean, she's she just, like, rips into him all the time. So I love totally. that. But I do think that, like, again, because of the sort of quick pace of the show all the time and the fact that this can only happen after one super-fast, off-the-cuff fight, like, that they kind of have to force Madam Webb's intervention in this case to make yeah. her feel important, which is really un- unfortunate because, again, I like her inclusion and I like the idea of it. But here it really is just, like... You only made him think that Smythe is unbeatable because you needed to have Madam Webb to give him some insight that he's going to have to think about later to use to solve the problem at the end of the episode.
0: Yeah, I think um, you nailed it. Like the pacing, like I think that the pacing is one of the things hindering some of this like better interwoven serialization because sure. what it's doing is shoehorning things in for just a very brief amount of time that should be explored further or over a longer period of time. We, we've we seen it a little bit, even just this, like this season with Mary Jane early on in the season where it's like, oh, and Mary Jane is there, by the way, because we don't need to forget that she's going to become more important, you know, yeah. um, or, or by the way, here's a scene with Kingpin, because we want you to know he's a major player. It's like, well, ideally you'd be making those moments count, but it's at least knowing what we know from those characters, we at least know that this is a signal that Madam Webb will hopefully get better stuff moving forward or bigger moments or longer, more fleshed out moments. Cause I agree. She's, I mean, we talked about Joan Lee. She's just incredible. Like she's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like seeing more of her. I just wish they'd figure out a way to work her in a little bit more smoothly. Yeah. But yeah, so Spidey's whining. Madame Webb is snarking back at him. She replies that uh, that Spider-Man needs to stop entertaining romantic distractions because all he's thinking about is Mary Jane, Mary Jane, Mary Jane. And also, he needs to master the why, not the how, when he's considering how to defeat his enemies. Um, And Spidey's like,
0: I don't know what that means. I'm going to go talk to Mary Jane. (laughs) You know what's funny is like, she madam webb will call peter a dumbass basically like multiple times over the course of these next you know however many episodes Mm -hmm. and it's never like he never really like challenges that in a way that's like no i'm i'm smart though like why does she keep calling me stupid i'm 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 a smart guy because he is right like he's an intelligent person but it's funny he never challenges that he just like leans fully into what she's saying like you're saying it's like what (laughs) what does that mean though? <laughs> and like, he doesn't have to know it immediately. It, it pays off, but like, it's just so funny the way he reacts.
1: <laughs> it is. And the thing is like, it's not even like what she's telling him is that cryptic this time. Like, I feel no. like that's pretty solid advice for like the type of problem solving he needs to do. Mm-hmm. And, but he's just acting totally baffled about yeah. it. But, but it's, but it's also like kind of believable. Cause I think that he's just, I, I would believe that he's just very stubborn when he's around her Yeah, and he doesn't really like, her that much so well, it's just like oh, just tell me oh fine what this, i don't get it
0: leave me alone they do a very good job portraying his annoyance with her and how yeah. much he he finds her annoying and intrusive so that sure. i think that's a really good point like he probably would and, and, and not even probably i think it reads that like she's the last person he's trying to talk to and therefore the last person he's trying to listen to
1: yeah yeah so it checks out but it's still yeah. funny because it's like <laughs> not that cryptic man you can figure it out
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. for real (laughs) so at kingpins alistair returns and refuses further treatment from landon in the wake of his battle with spider-man when he moves to attack kingpin landon reveals that he can't because his programming won't allow it and this is the first time i think we've gotten someone using the word programming with regards to this new like monster version of Alistair. Also question for you at this point, do they ever actually call him the ultimate slayer or is that just the title of this episode? Spider-Man does.
1: Okay. It's actually really awkward. He does er very early in their first fight because it doesn't make any sense because, like, it's – I mean, I guess he's thinking, like, oh, Smythe created the Spider Slayers. He's just like, wow, he's, like, turned himself into the ultimate Slayer. Mm. Like, I honestly feel like it's really super shoehorned. It's, like, one of those anvil things where it's like, look, we reference the comic book name. Um, and why but, yeah. have
0: why have Spider-Man be the one to say it? Why not Landon? I know. That would be the most yeah. natural person to say it. It would but, totally make sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Th- and then then I'm even... asking it here because this is where he starts talking about like actually programming him, right? Like, yeah. like he's he's a uh, he's he's biological, obviously, uh, but we've seen his like heads up display, so there's something else going on. Yeah. Um, it would make way more sense for Landon to be the one to like name it. Villains love naming things. Yeah.
1: And it would make sense. He'd just be like the cruel irony of the man who created the slayers becoming the ultimate slayer. Like, mm-hmm. there you go. Like give yeah. you a line, dude. David yeah. Warner could deliver that shit. Great.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure he could. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But this idea is really interesting and, and seemingly important, uh, <laughs> this idea that, that uh, Alistair can't hurt Kingpin, um, but Landon does note that the fact that Alistair's even trying to do that is a malfunction. Um, he shouldn't even be trying, so uh, that will need some correction. So he he puts Alistair into some sort of like chamber, which presumably is where he is programmed, the thing that, that Alistair says he does not want, um, and as the chamber fills with gas, Alistair's translucent yellow third eyelid reveals itself, and retracts indicating that Alistair as we knew him is still in this new reprogrammed monster right his eyes aren't actually yellow there's a third lid there uh, that's almost like a visor for his his eyes because it doesn't like it doesn't make like a a wet eyelid monster (laughs) sound it makes like a robot sound you know yeah Yeah. again cool ideas that could really like creep me out Uh, and I like them in a vacuum uh, yeah. For sure, because that, ugh, it just, it gives me the, it, it makes my skin crawl, that idea.
1: There's so many episodes of this show that it's just like, if it was a two-parter, they could have had more room. Mm-hmm. And this, this is another one that it's just like this. I think they, as much as we don't care about spider slayers and even Smythe very much, I think it would have been a lot stronger as a two-parter. You could make me care. Yeah. I do think that like, I am surprised by how compelling Smythe is by the end of this episode. Like, obviously like it's all relative, right? Like compared to how much I really don't ever care about him otherwise. Um, Yeah. But I think that they could have made this a really compelling, like almost kind of like semi Frankenstein. That's exactly what I was Kafka thinking. Kind of story. Yep. You know? Yep.
0: A hundred percent. I'm so glad you said that because that's what I was going to say next. If you didn't,
1: it, I, I, I'm not surprised they didn't go in that direction because there's no room to do that. But if they had given themselves room in some way, mm-hmm. I think it would have been really effective.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of tried and true, right? That that sort of like I become the monster. Thing yeah. fits really well into these settings and if you give it this sort of like weird sci-fi spin um like outside of the sort of standard comic book spin that like Hulk has or Thing has or whatever you give it this weird like invasive sci-fi element and really like lean into it it could have been something kind of unique even in context
1: yeah definitely
0: Ugh, the eyelids <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. So after learning about his eyelids and knowing <laughs> that Alistair is still in there, we also uh, learned that his memories are still in there because he flashes back to give us a bit more background on how he even became this monster version of himself, um, which is that following a number of failures, uh, including, you know, trying to fray, uh, uh, betray the King Ben, mm-hmm. Alistair is forcibly mutated and enhanced quote unquote, by Herbert Landon in, of course, a bath of like bubbling
0: green chemicals. Like I, isn't that uh, always what happens. Right. <laughs> I, but like, why? Like it's so, I, I think this is, this is jumping ahead and, and we won't go into it, but I think the show knows that it's doing it too, because I think there's a joke next week that makes me believe that they're like self-aware and that they like know that they're doing this too much. Yeah. But then like, But not even just them. Like, just shows at the time are doing this too much. And you and I have even referenced this, right? Like, I don't remember who it was, but I was like, oh, I just assumed that they fell into a vat of chemicals because that's what everyone was doing. Um, We saw it so freaking much between this show, Batman, Superman. Um, Static Shock even has its own kind of versions of it, right? Um, Yeah. I'm I'm honestly surprised, even knowing how much shows did it, I'm honestly surprised at how much this show does it all on its own. (laughs) Yeah. The only, Change I mean, the color of the chemicals at least. <laughs> <laughs> they don't all need to be green.
1: <laughs> I th- And I think that like, I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure that like back in the X-Men episode, the chemicals that like that were supposed to destroy mutants that end up turning Landon into a mutant are also bubbling green chemicals it is. too. So it I, is. I think. So like, it's easy to I keep, keep continuity, continuity a, when literally
0: yeah. everything is that.
1: That's true. I was going to say, like, I can I can sort of excuse it in this case because it's a callback to what Landon's already used before. But, like, it didn't have to be that in the first place. It was only that because literally everything is, like, bubbling green chemicals. And so. it could literally be an accident.
0: <laughs> it could literally be an accident that it's the same color because, yeah. I mean, Joker, Creeper, like, <laughs> yeah, those two alone, like, they have the exact, I mean, granted, those are linked, like, those are linked stories. But still, like, mm-hmm. uh, those, we'll see more of this uh In the future of the show, this moment, it's just like, yeah, (laughs) at least change the color. Yeah. (laughs) Also, how cool. And and, and you're right. It makes sense that they would do the chemical thing because that's what happened to Landon. But like, how cool would it have been? Maybe it would have been too dark for this show. But how cool would it have been to have like one of those scenes where like you just have like the weird robot arm sort of like operating on an obstructed uh, Alistair Smythe body, you know, and just like a horror sci-fi sequence.
1: I think that would have been too that would have been too dark for this show. And I think like there's a weird ambiguity of like how much of him is a mutant and how much of him is a cyborg in this that like mm-hmm. I think that the vat of chemicals just sort of obscures all of that because it's just like, I don't know, dug yeah. him in a vat. Maybe they pl- put a computer chip in his brain and then that's it. Like, I don't know. Um, I'm sure there has to be more to it than that. But like. There's only so many questions you can ask when you have the VAT of chemicals because like those chemicals can do goddamn anything.
0: So Yeah, what happened in there? I don't know. They're chemicals. Yeah, right, exactly. There was stuff happening under there too. Yeah. That's where all the robot arms were. Inside the chemicals. There you go. There you go. <laughs> They're nano robot. It's actually Ooh. it's not even a liquid, it's actually just nano robots, nanobots. Um, that they're dipping him into uh, that are all operating on his body simultaneously.
1: That really isn't a bad explanation to be honest. <laughs> I think that <laughs> actually makes me feel be better
0: about it. Honestly.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, my other observation and not a surprise, but I, it's just always funny to see it. Like we see Alistair pretty much almost completely naked. He's just like sort of obscured by like the metal belt over him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's fucking ripped. Like everyone in the universe, even this sciencey dude is fucking a bodybuilder before he's turned into a mutant. It's just so funny. Like yeah. one body type on this entire show and then Kingpin and that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah. There, there's ripped and there's like extra ripped and that's like pretty much it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Kingpin, you're right. Um, yeah. My observation was that, yeah, he has this weird like metal belt over him, but it's not even a belt. It's literally like form fitting metal underwear that is yeah. like restraining him to the table. Like yeah. there is no space in between that. It would be so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. and presumably very cold
1: well he doesn't have genitals now it looks like unless unless his weird like scale legs are pants which i don't think they are so <laughs> all hmm. that stuff melted off anyway potentially
0: that's interesting i always just like like my brain just interpreted them as pants um i mean they're a different color a so
1: they could be but like mm-hmm. the, the the sort of look of them is so weird and still kind of fleshy yeah that they Mm -hmm. could also just be his legs and that's just it
0: totally is the the fins really sort of like make it uh confusing
1: and the clawed feet too oh that's right i forgot he had
0: clawed feet yeah bizarre
1: it is a truly bizarre design and i know it's like it's pretty comics accurate i hate it even with that it's bizarre i i just don't understand (laughs) i don't understand as
0: a kid and it grosses me out now there's something about those lasers that just feels gross yeah, like I, I, mean, I can't even articulate what it is. There's just like, they just don't look. It looks like a part of like a chicken that you've like boiled and like picked out. Like, I, it's ugh. yeah, Something weird well, about it. And I is think it cartilage? Are there bones in there? Is it all right. skin? Like, what is it? <laughs>
1: I think it being like part of his body. There's like a Cronenberg type like horror about it. Oh, like the sort of, actually, yeah, that's a very like David Cronenberg movie kind of thing where it's like fleshy technology, like a video drone kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like it feels like the same sort of ickiness that you feel from that. And it's just, I, yeah, I don't really know exactly how to explain it. It's just like fundamentally unnatural, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. While yeah. appearing natural at the same right. time, you know?
1: Right, right, right. It's
0: oh, gross yeah. and ugly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I
1: guess is the point. I just wish they would highlight the horror of that a little more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see, and not that I actually want it to happen, but I would like to see how a modern or a more contemporary show would redesign this character. Hmm. Assuming they didn't, you know, completely scrap everything.
1: Yeah. It would be hard to not completely scrap everything because it does seem yeah, to feel like a very like 80s or 90s design. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm It would be really hard to modernize it without completely changing it or just making him like a cyborg, you know. That's why I'd be curious. So um, in this flashback, we see that when the procedure's done, Landon tells Kingpin that Alistair is now the humanoid equivalent of a robot, void of any feelings or will. Huh, that's weird. It's also just like so completely wrong, (laughs) like not even Mm -hmm. close, like they completely failed at that job, I guess. Yeah,
0: super (laughs) botched this one, Landon.
1: Yeah, Alistair also briefly flashes back to his father's death from the first season. Um, Thank God. Yeah, I know that's so long for me ago. specifically because no, I was like, "What?" It's such I don't, a. I was having such ago. a
0: hard time remembering. I like
1: forgot he even had a dad to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like so early in the show, but like what's what's kind of, what I think is kind of cool about it though, is that like in the flashbacks, like you can kind of tell that even in the couple of years that the show has been on, like the, the look of it has evolved a little bit subtly. Like mm-hmm. the flashbacks from season one, slightly grainier, the colors are a little more muted and like now it's a lot more brightness and saturated colors and a lot clearer for better or worse, like I kinda look I kinda like the grainier look of the first season, but like I think the quality is objectively better, I think, on how on how the cells look later on. Well <laughs> um which I think
0: is sort of interesting. It's, when you have that grainy look, it's forgiving. You know, it's like yeah. what we were talking about with like old TVs. Like it's yeah. just forgiving, you know.
1: yeah i think it i think it helped this show a lot in the first season and now Mm -hmm. it's you can sort of see a lot of the imperfections and how things are drawn a little better but it's just interesting to see that because the show wasn't on it hadn't been on that much that long It had literally been like two or three years and it's funny to see how much things had sort of changed since then
0: for sure (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we get this we get this flashback to alistair's father's death and we get a single tear falling down his face Uh, before his third eyelid turns his eyes yellow again, uh, and he smashes out of the chamber. So right before and right after, (laughs) we get the scene of Landon telling Kingpin that he no longer has any feelings or will. We really drive home the fact that that could not be more false. So his escape activates a security alarm, and Landon and Kingpin return uh, just in time to find Alistair escaping in his old hover chair, which is great because like, part of the procedure is that, like, he, he no longer needs the chair, right? He's literally just using it as like an escape vehicle at this point.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, at the Parker home, Peter returns to interrupt may and Anna talking about Mary Jane and Harry's engagement. Uh, of course, Anna is just like totally needling Peter, even needling may a little bit. Just like, doesn't Peter suck. Isn't it great that Mary Jane is with Harry? Isn't it great that she's not with Peter, Peter. Isn't it great that Mary Jane and Harry are together and not with you because you suck.
0: Here, okay, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> it's one thing for Anna to, like, suck generally, right? Or to, like, suck while Mary, uh, not Mary Jane, while May is, like, unconscious. But, like, it's an especially terrible thing for her to, like, trash May's nephew to May's face when she knows that anything that stresses May out could cause a heart attack.
1: She's a bad friend. I know that she's a bad person. She is. (laughs) But it's like, what frustrates me is that it's so clear that she does care about May. Like she's not a Mm -hmm. sociopath or whatever. Like she very explicitly clearly cares about May and like Mary Jane as well. But she just, her, her specific hatred for Peter is so overwhelming that like she lets that be the center of everything. Like it's, it's, it's bizarre how obsessed she is with this like 19 year old kid. Like I it's don't, I weird. truly don't like, what did he do to her? I don't understand. It's so I strange. Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so that's, that sucks. Peter mentions that he's going to a press conference in Oscorp and Anna replies that Mary Jane will be there with Harry, not with you because I don't like you. You're not going to be with Mary Jane. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so Pretty weird. Way. Yeah, it's With very weird. Harry Peter, so don't try anything. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's
1: like okay. so weird. It's so it's so strange uh yeah anyway <laughs> away from that <laughs> bad person to other bad people uh at kingpins uh he and landon are watching as Alistair makes his way to oscorp with a new mission to seek revenge against norman osborne this was something that i had to refresh my memory on because i was like what the fuck does he have to do with norman osborne oh right uh-huh. osborne was like involved in that spider slayer business or whatever i guess okay i
0: like, legit whatever. put those episodes on in the background while i was working today oh really because i was like <laughs> i i just simply do not remember what these connections are and i and i appreciate that they're bringing them back right it it feels like okay now they actually kind of feel more important as opposed to just like Mm -hmm. those chaotic episodes i hated um (laughs) but i I, yeah i genuinely was like i don't know if i'm going to be able to even like speak intelligently without remembering at least what some of these connections are even though the episode tells us like i still just felt like what if there's something, right? You know, yeah. and there really isn't that much more. They 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 actually do a good job, but you don't really know how well of a job they're doing if you don't, you know, check back. I guess it's just so funny to me that Semper was has
1: been like on the record about how much he hated the Spider Slayers and how much he hated Hobgoblin and how that's what's so weird all to of me. those things were like forced on him. He didn't want to do them in the first place and had to in the first season, but now this season he's called back to all of that stuff and made them like in integral parts of the universe and of like future storylines that are better. Like, it's so strange. Like, and, and I guess it's okay. Like it's a good thing, but it still is bizarre. Cause it's like, I wouldn't have been that mad if you just kind of forgot about him.
0: No, no, that's what's (laughs) so weird to me. That's what's so confusing to me. Like, I obviously have a lot of respect for John Semper, but there is a part of me that's like, why are you whining about this? Like you had, you had some control here. Like and, and 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 when you bring it back, that's that's like entirely yours. Like why are you doing this? Like yeah. why are you putting is it is it like an obsession with like correcting something? Like are you trying to like reclaim these stories you didn't want to tell? Like that could if be that's part the of the case. It. Like, okay, cool. Like that's that's pretty cool actually. But like it does seem very strange because I, I have to imagine they could have just left the entire first season behind, essentially, you know. Like, mm-hmm. uh, sort of done like, uh, like uh, Saved by the Bell, right? Where like their elements <laughs> carried forward, but it's kind of a different show. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. And, and the second season felt like that a lot. It's actually mm-hmm. wild to me how much of this season has been like sequels to the first season. Truly um, bizarre. Yeah, I, like I, I, th- I do think it's cool for like the attempt, and I think it's in its, and I think it's interesting, but. I don't know if that's what I would have done if I was making the show yeah. but but again but yeah like mad respect for trying to sort of reclaim these things that like were not great and that as a creator he didn't like and it's still trying to be like we're going to justify the existence the hell that we put ourselves and everyone else through with these episodes we're gonna turn them into something hopefully better um you know so for better or worse i I mean so there's a part of
0: me that hopes because i i brought this up when we were talking about green goblin versus hobgoblin there's a part of me that hopes there's a part of john semper that was like i really should have like not let my bitterness towards these episodes affect me so much yeah Um, because i was saying like you might not have liked using the hobgoblin but you still had control there like you still Mm -hmm. could have made it better uh so i'm hoping there's a part of him uh because i do respect the the swing right i'm hoping there's a part of him that's like i you know i could make this better than what i did (laughs) yeah and maybe this is the way to do it
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think so. I think I, I, no matter what, it makes it interesting, I think, to like, think about it from that lens. Um, and I think it makes an episode like this, which, you know, I think is like a, a, a perfectly solid, fine episode, um, but like also kind of middling at the same time. I think it makes it more interesting than if we didn't have that background behind it, because otherwise it would just have been like, oh, okay. <laughs> Other but Because it's like so deeply connected to these episodes that we both pretty viscerally strongly disliked maybe yep. even hated makes it so interesting to talk about and see what they're doing with it to try to almost course correct them a season and a half later
0: like it, that's so fascinating so bizarre <laughs> anyway where were we <laughs> well I, we're we're at the point where like they're watching uh, uh alistair smythe like change his own mission right so like landon like notes this and is like it's fascinating that he's able to like change his own mission like clearly he has access to his own memories um and he's he's reprogramming himself and like Mm -hmm. as a scientist landon is like wow um but as the guy who has stakes in this kingpin is like that's not cool i don't like that fascinating not the word (laughs) um because the stakes are that if if alistair attacks osborne um then that could be seen as like a hostile move towards Osborne on behalf of Kingpin, since Alistair Smythe works for Kingpin or Fisk, whatever, uh, in the eyes of Norman. Um, and Kingpin notes that like he and Osborne have done a lot of work to not be in opposition to one another. He basically is like, we've built this whole relationship, this could fuck it all up.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i do like i like that aspect of it's it good just detail. The sort of the that sort of um
0: the thin ice that you're
1: on when you're in this criminal underworld sort of universe that, mm-hmm. you're, that you're in um and then the sort of chaos that can ensue just from one factor sort of going off the rails
0: yeah it's it's you know it's like uh it's warlords with a truce basically yeah. one wrong step and that truth truce goes right out the window
1: Yeah. So at Oscorp, Peter takes a picture of Jonah and Norman after they talk about the potential of Oscorp's new defense conversion contracts, Um, whatever that means. I guess they're talking about what? Some kind of like subway subway thing.
0: Like, So like, are they turning military stuff into civilian stuff? Like, I don't don't understand what that's supposed to mean.
1: I don't understand. Yeah. Or is it the other way around? Are they giving the military an entire subway system all on their own? Like
0: I in either
1: direction, it seems it's weird. Odd.
0: <laughs> it, 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 whatever, whatever, like, uh, the political economic version of techno babble is, this is it. I guess I could see like military
1: defense things being implemented in, in civilian settings, given the universe that these characters exist in, where there's like supervillain attacks and shit all the time that like, yeah, we're going to use like the military defense stuff that we've developed um, to sort of strengthen all of your like public transportation, sure. So it's harder for supervillains to destroy. Like I think that that actually makes sense. I think um, there's
0: definitely something there. I think that we've seen them mention defense, like like the episode um, framed where uh, Peter is framed for, like, selling defense information. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like they're, and I could be proven wrong. Maybe it develops into something, like, later on that's, like, actually a big deal. But it feels like they're just using, like, oh, defense as, like, oh, wow, this is, like, at a national level. Like, this is a big deal without actually really exploring, like, what it is. Yeah, that's fair. It feels like a stakesy word without any actual anything behind it.
1: Yeah, and it's just sort of like that evokes like military, and mm-hmm. like without actually specifically naming like a yeah. particular part of the military or something like that. Yeah, defense
0: spending, um, surveillance. Yeah, uh, that, that, that uh, checks out. Political uh, disruption. Like, <laughs> it just feels <laughs> like they're throwing things out.
1: Yeah, just just jargon makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, like it doesn't matter ultimately. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> I mean, it's all there. I,
0: I wish it did though, because like the fact that kingpin. Uh, Jonah, Norman, and um, uh, Anastasia Hardy are like part of this weird sort of like uh, like board uh, of Oscorp that clearly has like greater international implications. Is like fascinating to me. I would like more.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Good point. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I, I also forgot Jonah was even like here because he doesn't <laughs> really have anything to do. In, no, he uh, doesn't. In this. But I mean, they're they're doing that. All these characters are there, but the 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 important more, uh, important part of this scene is that Mary Jane is also there, and so Peter runs into Mary Jane, and they do have a conversation about her engagement to Harry. So Peter, like, says that he's happy for them, but amends his reaction. And after Mary Jane lifts off a whole bunch of reasons why Harry is a good guy to marry, and it's actually fine, and sh- and, and it's great, and, and it's perfect, he's going to make a great husband. Peter just asks Mary Jane point blank if she loves him, and then Mary Jane just gets, like, super weird, doesn't answer the question, and runs off.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, and I think Peter even says, like, I thought so. Yeah. Like, so- to himself.
1: I'm willing and ready to have you like disagree with me Mm -hmm. and I think the bar is in hell. I actually like don't hate the Peter Mary Jane stuff in this episode and I actually think it's like okay in that normally Peter sucks so much but I feel like where he's coming from this episode makes sense because his initial frustration is that it, I think, makes sense given that he, like, his two friends didn't tell him they were engaged. He found out from the newspaper, which Mary Jane, like, to her credit has explained that that was just Harry just being stupid and putting it in quickly before she could tell anybody. And he did, Mary Jane did just, like, kiss him, like, a week ago, like, passionately, Mm -hmm. and they clearly never talked about it, and then, like, a week later she's engaged, didn't tell him about it. And I think it makes sense that, like, he is going to be confused. And I do think that, like, it's fair to want an explanation and he's not really forceful about it. And he is right that, like, he suspects that, like, there's something weird about their relationship. And there is like he's actually being legit. And obviously it's coming from a selfish place because he wants them to not be together because he loves Mary Jane and wants her to love him back. Like, That's still, like, not great, but he's not really, like, doing – I don't feel like he's really doing anything – Bad
0: in the scenario, it's just all kind of awkward. Does that make sense? no, it makes it makes perfect sense and i I don't disagree with anything you're saying actually I think I think the key thing is he's not doing anything bad. like I think all of his actions are a net positive um and I think if we didn't know some of his motivations and we didn't know how he acts in other circumstances, it would be like a full positive, right like yeah, it would be like, oh wow, well, he really cares, and like he's really concerned. About her and this marriage, like simply because he cares about her, um, and 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 that's how this episode plays out, right? Like if you yeah. if you didn't know any of the stuff uh, prior to this, and you just sat somebody down and watched this episode, they'd be like, oh well, Peter's a good friend, like he's yeah. willing to like go there and like challenge this like situation, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, I think it's it's all good stuff, um, and I, I imagine moving forward from this point, it all will end up feeling much better than getting to this point with all of the background, right? Like, knowing who this Peter is, how he tends to, like, treat and view women, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Because, um, like, we know that he's – at least 50% of him is, like, doing this because he wants Mary Jane, right? Yeah um but i i do think it's it's good actually now it didn't make sense and i don't even think it was necessarily good in that episode but it is good to have the context or the background of mary jane kissing him in the closet because then at least he can sit there and say like well but wait this isn't just me it's not just me pining after a girl i think is hot like you clearly there's something going on between the two of us not it's not one way
1: yeah, yeah, it's not like incel shit in this case, which is what it often is with him. Like, exactly, he, he has gotten like beyond strong signal signals. Like, there's been actual action taken mm-hmm. that is con- that in 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 like I I totally sympathize. Would be confusing if I were in his place. So like I I kind of get it. I think that it's like decently handled here. Um, I like I feel like I'm always like treading on thin ice with it because it's like but he's so shitty 90% of the time that it almost feels weird when he's like not a piece of shit. And there's always that thing in the back of your head where it's sort of like, you do have an ulterior motive here though. Right. Um, But I think it is to his credit, unlike what he's done in the past, he doesn't tell Mary Jane, Oh, you don't love him. Right. He asks her to give her a chance to give him an answer. And then she doesn't. So like, I I know that's like a subtle thing, but that is a, that is very different from how Peter normally is.
0: Well, and I think, like, as annoying as this might sound, like, I think there is, like, a very important distinction in the fact that these aren't real people. Um, because if this if this was, like, real people, I would just be like, no, you're shitty. Like, you're just shitty. Like, I know, yeah. I know your motivations, like, stop. Like, you have a lot more to prove, right? But because yeah. these are characters that are, like, playing out and, like, they're clearly trying to, like, write them to a particular point, it's easier for me to be like, yeah, he's shitty 90% of the time, but, like, clearly – they're figuring him out (laughs) right yeah um yeah and and so like it's a weird distinction but i think we often jump between the sort of like in universe action analysis and the like out of universe actions analysis so anybody listening to us hopefully can handle that
1: yeah well and, and i do to your point earlier i do look forward to what comes next because i think the biggest problem was like him pining after women and now that there's been like confirmation by the end of this episode that like, Oh, there is actually a thing.
0: Thank God. Um,
1: Yeah. Like it's going it's, it's more going to be, yeah, it's more going to be the will they won't they and seeing them like actually hook up, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's going to be different. Like, I think that we've, I'm hoping that we've like crossed the threshold now (laughs) (laughs) that it's just going to be just a romance and that's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that there's other stuff beyond that, but like in terms of him courting Mary Jane and Felicia, for both of them, I feel like the Felicia stuff is over and I feel like it's squarely a Mary Jane thing. And going forward, it's just going to be about how can they get together? Can they get together? Is this going to work out kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Remember Deborah?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, <laughs> the little sister that he never yeah. had.
0: <laughs> I was reminded of Deborah when I was watching uh, old episodes today as well.
1: Oh, I was yeah. Like, Oh yeah. We haven't seen her all season. Have we?
0: No, no.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: hello amazing friends we just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular enough patrons bo eric steve carl katie mike lillian and douglas if you would like to support our show too our way of saying
1: thanks is by giving you lots of cool spidey goodies You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything, and we mean
0: everything. If you join us at our $5 Spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries. Or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film, from the Raimi films, to Amazing Spider-Man, to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more.
1: And at our amazing
0: tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar.
1: Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. Back to this episode, uh, <laughs> later at the press conference, Peter Spider sense activates just before Alistair just blasts through one of the walls of the conference center, comes in. Barrels through, head straight for Norman. So uh, Spider-Man attempts to stop Alistair from attacking Norman, but Alistair just, just bats him away easily. He's super strong. Um, and as Alistair begins to leave Oscorp, carrying Norman, a retrieval unit sent from Landon arrives. And it's, like, so big and, like, so good at its job, I guess, that it not only collects Alistair with his chair and with Norman, but also Mary Jane and Harry as well. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Everybody's just getting kidnapped, man. Mm -hmm. And Spidey notices, luckily, and is able to just sort of like uh, web up and hitch a ride just in time.
0: Yeah, Yeah, as he do. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's funny. A little detail. I noticed too, the, the computer that I, I know Kingpin hears. I think even in like Alistair's like brain or something, the computer voice, I'm pretty sure is a uh, Majel Barrett. Who's like Aunt Anna's voice actor, who like she does a lot of the star Trek computers. So like she gets to continue being a computer
0: <laughs> on this show too. <laughs> that's fun. I hope that, I hope that's exactly what it is then. It <laughs> mm-hmm. sounded like her. Yeah. Yeah, that interface, though, needs a software update. uh, Well, yeah. (laughs) Ugly. (laughs) Well, the retrieval unit arrives back at Kingpin's place, and Kingpin explains the situation to Norman um, in what he thinks is a private conversation, uh, and he's hoping that Norman will forgive Alistair's attack, claiming he had no idea that Alistair blamed Norman for Spencer Smythe's death, and that is to be believed. I don't know how he would necessarily know that um if everybody was kind of involved right of course though norman is pissed and he says it doesn't even matter because it's your fault that his dad is dead anyway so he should be going after you not me and kingpin reveals in this moment that well actually uh it doesn't matter at all because spencer smythe isn't even dead actually to which everyone was like what (laughs) (laughs) Um, and to which spider-man also is like what because he's listening in so According to Kingpin, Spencer survived the explosion at Oscorp, but knowing that Spencer would never agree to work for Kingpin, he put Spencer Smythe in cryogenic suspension uh, and used the tragedy, uh, the presumed death, to manipulate Alistair into developing robotics for him.
1: So fucked up. Jesus. So
0: fucked up. So
1: fucked up. Um did you watch the episodes recently? Right. Do you remember, did they tease like spice Spencer Smythe being alive in the original episodes or did the, the, the they we really just
0: assume that dude died in the fire? I, 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 I think we straight up thought he was dead. Yeah. Like, so not, like that's wild. I, I don't think any of the stuff that Kingpin is showing is like a flashback to something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty wild reveal. Mm-hmm. This Kingpin man. Well, this really surprised me. A couple of guards <laughs> actually notice Spider-Man Um, which is wild because he can climb like in his civilian clothes on like a six foot ceiling uh, and no one notices, but he's like behind a like computer terminal on like a 60 foot ceiling and two guards are just like, Hey, check out who's listening.
1: So <laughs> funny. Shouldn't a spider sense go off like earlier than, like, like if he doesn't want to be spotted? I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm not I mean is spider it when sense he's
0: spotted or question. is it when they actually direct some sort of like danger towards him? I Who guess knows? that's the thing.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It's Spider yeah. Song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they notice
0: and they start shooting at him. Uh, and so Kingpin orders that Landon reactivate Alistair and equip him with a new hover chair, which is the same hover chair, but with spider legs.
1: <laughs> Yay. I said a good gift. I don't
0: know. So the one thing they didn't improve on is the shitty designs of the robots.
1: <laughs> I guess.
0: Uh, I don't know. I, what, it, it literally hovers. Why does it need legs? I know. I
1: don't give it a missile or something. I don't, I don't understand. I'm so yeah. weird. And he doesn't really use it for anything either. No.
0: No, he uses it the <laughs> like exact a,
1: same way. Yeah, he's a better fighter without it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, uh,
0: Literally yeah. the only reason he was using it is because the one power he doesn't have is flight. Like he's super strong. He has lasers. He's fast. He's agile. He just can't fly. That's what the <laughs> so- only reason he has that.
1: It's so absurd. It's yeah. just like now that they don't have Alistair like making their robotics, they're just like, How we do make robots? Uh he added he made spider robots, so I guess we're gonna add legs to a chair, right? That's what you do? Yeah. I don't know. No like no I, one else has his imagination, like, I what? guess.
0: Hey I Fisk, you got any of those leftover scarlet spider robot legs in the back there? Let's <laughs> stick them on this thing.
1: You okay. boy, you boy.
0: Or Black yeah. Widow or whatever. they like Scarlet Widow. I don't oh, know what they called that yeah. robot.
1: It's Black Widow. And I think there was a tarantula. <laughs> and then the other one was a scorpion for some reason. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Landon's like, we haven't completed the reprogramming of Alistair. We can't we can't do anything with him. Kingpin insists. So Spidey and Alistair clash once again. Of course, he's going to come back and bite him very shortly after. Oh, yeah. Recognizing that Alistair's strength and agility surpasses his own in his monstrous forms, like, duh, you should know. I mean, you figured that out already, right? Uh, Spider-Man thinks back to what Madame Webb told him, uh, and actually, like, processes the words that she told him. It's not the how you must master, it's the why. Spider-Man's what, like, well, I know how he's kicking my ass, it's because he's strong, now I need to figure out why, and the why is the newfound knowledge that Spencer is alive. So he shares that knowledge with Alistair during their fight, um, even like shows him a video clip on Kingpin's screen. Thankfully, all is called up by the push of one button. Exactly. And that turns Alistair against Kingpin.
0: I like this. You mentioned that mm-hmm. this is a pretty like decent execution of like Madam Web gives advice. Spider-Man uses advice. It actually matters in the like subsequent events. I think this is a a decent example, even though they don't get really deep into it, even though it's not that complicated or anything, even though Peter's an idiot and doesn't get it right away, like it still works. And I think it's smart that like it challenges mid episode, right? Like the, like what this villain's motivation is and spider mans able to like tweak that, right? Like the, why is that you feel like you've basically lost everything, right? The why is revenge, but what if, you didn't need to seek revenge what if the thing you thought was lost was actually there like I-, I do think it's smart again pacing means that they don't really get to like fully dwell on that in a way that i think would have been beneficial yeah. um but you know i still think it's it's as good as they could do smashing this much together
1: absolutely yeah, and it I makes more
0: to- sense than some other things we'll end up seeing <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's like a tragic villain. It's pretty like Alistair is pretty compelling, like in, in this last section of it too. Um like I, I I like I like I like all of this stuff ultimately. Again, wish there was more space for it, but I, I do ultimately like it and I think it sort of raises points for this episode, just because of what it's doing. So Obviously, Alistair's pissed. Landon reminds Kingpin that Alistair cannot hurt Kingpin based on his programming. Hey, but guess what? Remember how they were like, we haven't fully completed his reprogramming and he was malfunctioning earlier. And actually, the programming never worked in the first place. And Alistair was never doing anything that they said, really. Um, so <laughs> but just just by uh, Kingpin like, <laughs> egging him on enough, he can beat the shit out of him now. So now a fight happens.
0: I don't. I don't get this. I don't get this. Cause like they literally showed him stop punching Kingpin earlier in the episode and like sweating about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we saw him like struggling against his own body.
1: I think what bums me out is that I like the, I like that dynamic. I, I, I should say I would like that dynamic going forward. If Kingpin and Smythe coexist in, in the, in this world, but and Alastair hates Kingpin, and Kingpin hates Alastair now. But Kingpin isn't strong enough to defeat Alastair, and Alastair is literally incapable of hitting Kingpin, and so they're almost at a stalemate in the in in like the criminal underworld. Ultimately, like for all of their goals yeah. going forward, I think that that will be really interesting. And who knows, they might backtrack on that and do this because that's a great way to sort of keep the conflict, but not like ever have an ending to it. So they could still like interact without ever like having to come to blows because they literally can't because of that stalemate. I think that's really interesting. And so it's sort of a bummer. Like I will say it's cool to see Alistair just fucking punch Kingpin in the goddamn gut. Like when are you ever going to see that happen with any other character? You never even see punches on the show ever. So like, that's really cool. I like that, but yeah, I wish that there was, I mean, the only way that I buy any of it is just to say that the pro- programming was already kind of faulty. They did specify that they had to reprogramming; they hadn't completed it yet. So, like, he was able to break through the firewall or whatever. But like, it's not well represented. I don't even think it's they sort make of that clear enough for
0: it to work. To be yeah. honest, it, 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 when you when you when you break it down, yes, like it, you can attribute it to the fact that the programming was never working. But I I feel like they almost like shot themselves in the foot by making the program work earlier in that month it's like the one part of his programming yeah. that was kind of working
1: yeah well it's it's just the whole problem with this episode i think is that like there's a lot of really great ideas happening but it's so it's t- the the pace is all is out of whack and i feel like there's like some beats missed because they have to get from point a to point c so quickly and it ends up being like unnecessarily confusing in a lot of places when really it should have all been pretty straightforward um and would have been better with that. Like it really there's a lot of screws that needed to be tightening oh, tightened yeah. in how this was done, which is a bummer because like the skeleton of it is really is is I think pretty cool. Got I me mean, given who the characters that we're dealing with. Like it's all relative, you know Yeah, I saw I was reading a, <laughs> a
0: movie review the other day that said like the I've never seen it uh this phrase done in this direction, but they said like the sum of the parts are greater than the whole and like they were using that to like criticize it. And I was like, yeah, yeah yeah, that's what this is. Like the part, like it doesn't add up to be as good as the parts would indicate it should be right. Like typically you would want the whole product to sort of outshine the individual pieces. Like that's the, like, you know, the sum is greater than the whatever, but like, it, yeah. th- that's exactly what this feels like. It, if it were just put together differently, I feel like you have, it's almost like they shaved off so much good stuff. And then when you've got the tower, like when it was all put together, it was just like this weird sort of anemic thing. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's a bummer. It is a bummer because again, yeah, I like, I like of these individual scenes. Like I, like I said, I like this one. I actually like seeing Alistair beat the shit out of Kingpin, even though like it's frustrating, like how it came, how they had to come to blows in that way, like how unexplained it is.
0: Um, I think that's why I'm so eh on it. Like that should be cool. And I like, can't get into it because of like, how, like, I, like, I agree with you. I agree with you that, like, it is cool and that I should be excited about it and that I should be like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But I, like, couldn't because it, like, immediately followed this thing that made no sense. And I hate (laughs) that my brain's doing that, but it just is, you know? Yeah. I, like, can't over – normally I feel like I can, like, overcome it. But for some reason with this episode, maybe because it just – it happens a lot, I feel like, in this episode, that I'm just like, but, 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 you just, like – Well, and what confused me more that –
1: what actually kind of pissed me off a little bit at first is that – I, what I thought was happening was that. Like, it looks like Alistair was going was gonna to hit Kingpin and then couldn't. And then Landon's like, he can't hurt you, Kingpin, because of his programming. And then Alistair turns to him, turns <laughs> to Landon, and then hits him. So I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's the loophole. Landon probably programmed him to, like, not be able to hit Kingpin, but, like, didn't think to program him to not hit Landon. And so he's able to, like, fight off Landon. So it's like, oh, that's a, that's really funny and a great, like, yeah. sort of, like, just desserts for Landon. Yeah. But then Alistair turns and starts being the shadow to Kingpin anyway. So, like, exactly okay. yeah. Like ruins that what what could have been actually a funny funny joke there.
0: Yeah, mm. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> like
1: it's it's like I said, not bad, cool stuff, but just like kind of frustrating structure of it. While all of this chaos is happening, Mary Jane and Harry, who are just like trapped in a cell in Kingpin's lair, they're sort of debating on like what to do and like whether or not to escape. Mary Jane is just like, "We got to get out of here, Harry." She's like feeling up the walls for like a secret passage or whatever. Um, and Harry's just like oh, what are we going to do? Those guys are serious. Mary Jane's like, no shit. Like, what did you what, what does that even mean? What are you talking like? Yeah, yes, we've got to get serious too. And she's like visibly frustrated with him uh, for like not taking any action. He's like, what do you want me to do? And she's like, oh my God, do something. I don't know anything better than like whining. The guards eventually come to get them and Harry's just like, okay, I guess I'll go. And Mary Jane's like, fuck that. Uh, busts out her single woman in New York self-defense skills and just like kicks them and flips the dudes over and just fights them. And Spider-Man arrives and it's just like, Oh, I didn't even, I didn't have to do anything. You just like kicked ass. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Basically spider woman. Yeah. 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 It's so funny. Like what they're doing with Mary Jane, I think is kind of, is kind of interesting. I didn't even really remember it at all. I think like until this, this watch that it's sort of like it does feel like a very nineties thing of like, we're going to be feminist by having these having our women characters like be cool and be able to fight too and like join in on the fight but it's still not like far enough <laughs> to like let them be more than just like love interests still like she still has to be the damsel in the situation to fight back so it's like a nice step forward it's still not like the best because she still has to get kidnapped all the time. And Mm -hmm. she still is like pretty much just the love interest, but you know, but I give them credit because they weren't doing this in the eighties cartoons. It's nice that Mary Jane does kick ass sometimes and they call it out and she's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, in like there are that. notable steps in the right direction for this show from shows before it. Like, it, you, yeah. you you know, you can't like deny that, right? So, like, even though it has its problems, it's still moving in the right direction. But it'll it'll never not crack me up. The the we talked about this with the eighty show a little bit too. This sort of like it's feminist that she saves herself, and it's like, yeah, but you still kidnapped her. Like, he's right, still, right? He's like, <laughs> like it's not as feminist as you think.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I do
0: exactly. love her in this moment. I thought she was so much fun.
1: I like her in this episode in general. I think she's really, Mm -hmm. I think she's actually a really interesting, complex character with like all the things that she's sort of dealing with and working through internally. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, I just fucking love that she calls Harry out on being a little wiener. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, my God, dude, you're not even trying. Come on. Yeah. I, and she's, like, been kidnapped, like, three times as much as she as he has at this point. So it's, sure. like, not even a big deal. It's just like, yeah, and of course we're going to fight our way out and escape. Like, that's what she's you do, like, right?
0: And she's, like, <laughs> intense. Like, it's not it's not meant to be, like, she's not intense or anything. Like, we know she is. But it's, like... But it's like motivated by the fact that, like, she even says, like, yeah, they're serious. So, like, let's get serious too. Like, (laughs) yeah. um, Yeah. But it's a good, it's a good juxtaposition, the two of them.
1: Yeah. And I do think it it works coming right after the Daredevil episode where it, where they included her in in the fight and everything too. Mm -hmm. So,
0: well, and they established it at the beginning of the season, even, right? That's where she makes the comment about being a single woman in New York.
1: Mm, right. Or no, it is. Right. It, is it the daredevil one? It's 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 the daredevil episode. Yeah, that she last fights that people. She explicitly says that. Or but... no,
0: she's in a trance when she fights people early on in the season, isn't she?
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, even still, I feel like she's made references to it as well of yeah. like not wanting to be a victim or whatever. So, well, just
0: the visual language of her, of of Mary Jane physically like overcoming enemies and henchmen yeah. and stuff like that. I think helps for when these moments happen. Right. So even right. if she is in a trance the fact that we've seen it before I think is helpful yeah so
1: um, yeah but I, either way Spider-Man arrives with Norman the them make their way out of the cell so they have escaped um, but not before running into Alistair and Kingpin as they clash I love uh, I love the moment where like you know they're running with Mary Jane Mary Jane sees Alistair who was the dude who like kidnapped who, who helped like to kidnap her in- initially or I guess I mean he caused the whole thing that got her kidnapped so she like immediately picks up a pipe ready to beat the shit out of him mm-hmm. and spidey has to stop her be like hold on wait things have happened since we last since you last saw each other
0: we're i mean we're,
1: we're, 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 it's okay now
0: <laughs> even if they hadn't like you're maybe a little hyped up like, <laughs> like he, he will kill you
1: <laughs> i just fucking love it she just runs picks up. A, it's like right out of like spider-man 2 as well yeah like, fucking runs and just picks up a piece of something be like i'm gonna beat the living shit out of this guy mm-hmm. I, adrenaline's pumping i'm ready to fight
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's good
1: But yeah, anyway, uh, Spider-Man gives Alistair a tip on where to find his father. Um, I think it's like on the fifth floor or whatever. Um, So he tells them where to find him. Uh, Then he saves Harry, Norman, and Mary Jane when an explosion, of course, launches them out of the skyscraper as they're escaping. Um, But he webs them up. Everybody's fine. It's all good. Kingpin and Landon escape the collapsing facility, and Alistair follows Spidey's directions to find his cryogenically frozen father
0: hmm. We do get a moment on the street below uh, where Harry is asking Norman to explain what in the world is going on and how they ended up involved in it at all. And Norman just completely sidesteps the question and is like, oh, Harry, you look you look like shit, man. Like, we got to <laughs> Oh, wow. Like, I just care about you so much. We need to take care of you. Uh, we need to we need to get you out of here, buddy. And it totally makes sense that Harry would be like, wow thanks
1: <laughs> remember like I, three I episodes ago like, shit. Remember like three episodes ago when norman was like promising to be a better father and involve harry and his life more and stuff like that mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like oh yeah uh, about those secrets that i can't let you in on never mind
0: <laughs> look norman's gonna norman and we love him for that <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah he he ends up pushing harry into a cab so they can like leave um and presumably i don't know get him ice cream or something um <laughs> <laughs> and and then beckons Mary Jane to join them in the cab. Um he like literally is in the back seat being like, "Come on." She instead of joining them takes off her engagement ring, hands it back to Harry and says she needs to clear her head. Uh then turns to Spider-Man and asks him, "Take me out around the city, <laughs> like swinging with you." Uh and Spider-Man's like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll do that." <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would feel bad for Harry because that you know I mean that, that all that's been a traumatic night for him. But I don't really like him, so I don't really feel bad. For
0: I feel <laughs> bad for him. Like I don't I like do him, but I don't, him. he doesn't treat Mary Jane poorly. Like that's fair. I think yeah, yeah. I think yeah. this is a more, in some ways, certainly not a f- more fleshed out version of Harry to this point. I think in some ways, specifically pertaining to relationships with his girlfriend, a more sympathetic Harry than we got in like spectacular where you're like, you treat Gwen like shit sometimes. And I yeah, don't like fair. it. <laughs> he,
1: he's, you know? he's not doing anything wrong. He's just like, not, you know, Mary Jane just doesn't love him. And she realizes that. Yeah. And, it, and, and, it, and it, it would be nice if maybe I feel, she, I feel for both yeah. of them. Yeah, like it's a bad situation to be in. They've both had a really traumatic night. It would have been nice if maybe she could have like had a conversation with him. But I feel for her for not being ready to have that conversation and just realizing that she just needed to just take that one act, yeah, um, and then leave. You know,
0: and he is a wiener. Like he he's he's yeah. a total wiener. Like <laughs> yeah,
1: and she's had bad. I mean, she doesn't she mention that in this episode. Like she's just had really bad um experiences with men and like. Even though Harry isn't is a, is, a, is is good to her in a way that other men haven't been, like just because a dude is like nice to you doesn't mean that like they're the one that you want to like spend well, the rest of your life with and a monogamous a big, relationship with. You a know, a big
0: part of what she justifies to Peter is the fact that Harry will always be capable of taking care of her, and then they end up in the situation where Harry is decidedly Ooh. uninterested in taking care of her or himself.
1: Such a good point. I didn't even really connect that dot. Yeah, so even though that's he's not such being like
0: shitty to her, he is directly sort of like flying in the face of everything that she was finding security in.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's like her, a lot of the, the things that she always points to is that like, she doesn't want to be like, like left or abandoned which is what most men in her life a lot of men in her life have done
0: mm-hmm. and
1: like he's not abandoning her he'll stick with her but like he's not gonna do he's anything not gonna fight so, for like, her though. right like that's not all that's important like you he, you he'll be in her vicinity but like that doesn't mean that that isn't all that you need to have in a relationship uh especially you know when you're someone who gets kidnapped like uh, three times a month so like yeah like uh, yeah, it's like it, well, it all important it totally thing for her to sense. realize
0: right like it's not good enough for someone to just be there for her like it's she can also ask for someone to fight for her like that's right, okay right. you can ask for that you can need that you can want that you can yeah. demand that from somebody you will fight for right yeah
1: I, I i like this stuff i think it's really interesting and it's really complicated in a good way um, and I, I, kind of commend how like internal a lot of this stuff is, especially for a show that doesn't do relationship stuff very well most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 like that. I like that.
0: So after the web swinging to clear their heads, uh, comes to a conclusion, uh, Spider-Man and Mary Jane land on the side of a building, a side of a building we've seen before. Cause we have our friend, uh, Gargoyle, uh, hanging out with them Bruce and Bruce. Yep. And Mary Jane explains her situation with Harry to Spider-Man, despite not really understanding why she's unloading on him. And I think, like, you could come up with any number of reasons, right? Like, they yeah. don't ask you to come up with a reason. It could simply just be, like, the adrenaline, the rush, the, like, needing to unload. It's also, like, kind of fun to think that, like, even though she doesn't know Spider-Man is Peter, there's something about just them being together in that moment that she recognizes as, like, this is a friend. Um yeah there's all sorts of ways you could explain it, but ultimately she unloads the whole thing on him. Um, And she clarifies that she realizes now her love for Harry was that of a sibling, not a romantic partner. She cares about him. She loves him. She also notes, not only that, I, I'm sure now I can admit to myself that I love somebody else. And Spider-Man being Peter Parker is, of course, like, well, uh, who who's that then? Um, and hilariously, the moment he asks that question, she's like, look, a cab. Take me there to the cab. But it's like... It's funny because it's not even, she's not even dodging it. She's literally just like, oh, look, a cab. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Because like, why would, because like, she's, why would, why would Spider-Man care? Like, you
0: know. Yeah. Why would Spider-Man care? But then also why would she care to like, not tell him, right? Like she, she just as easily could be like, oh, well, my best friend. Right. I think I, I think I love my best friend, but that's not even how they play it off. Like we saw what she looks like when she's dodging a question. This was not it. It's just like, yeah. Hilarious. A cab. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's funny. But he can't know yet. We got to draw this out
1: yeah, it's fun. I, I I like that kind of will they won't they type stuff. I think that that stuff's fun. That's fine cuz nobody's being like a, nobody's being like like an entitled asshole in that situation. So, it's cool.
0: <laughs> if it's all this moving forward, then I'm ready to like put shitty entitled Peter behind me. Yeah.
1: I'm not, yeah. you know,
0: I, I, I doubt it's all gone, but if it's mostly this, I mean, we're in good shape. Right. Exactly.
1: Well, the episode ends in an abandoned subway tunnel where Alistair has brought his father, who is still in that cryogenic chamber, uh, and he vows to get revenge for the both of them.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're going to get more Ultimate Slayer, everybody. Yay, can't wait. Get hype. Hype, hype,
1: hype. So, Chris, couple of faces of the episode. Um I, 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 this is one of the things that, like, I was so mad that, like, the joke was sort of ruined when, <laughs> when Alistair is, like, is mad and Landon's talking about how he can't. Hell, he can't hurt anyone, or he can't, can't hurt Kingpin. Alistair just like looks at him, and his frown turns to like this glorious smirk, <laughs> right before he just like punches King punches land landed across the yeah. room. It's great, I dig it, especially because like Smythe isn't that expressive of a character. Like that's kind of a trait of his that he's mm-hmm. relatively stoic. So it's yeah. funny to just see him like <laughs> like relishing and being able to to kick the shit out of people that he doesn't like.
0: Yeah, it's good.
1: The other one I pulled was just one that I just happened to notice like when I was pausing anyway <laughs> and it's when, when, when Peter comes in uh, during uh, May and Anna's conversation, I don't know. I just love Aunt May's very, very, very uh, happy face when she sees Peter enter. That's it. Yeah. It's just an uh, oddly drawn face that I kind of like. All of the
0: pieces are in the right place for sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. Steps <laughs> was fine. It had problems. But uh, it's fine.
0: <laughs> You're higher on it than I am. and yeah. I don't think I'm being fair. Like, I, I, I need to admit that. I don't think I'm being fair. But I just, like, I, just, I don't know. The Mary Jane stuff was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know that I've had an episode where, like, it's maybe, maybe, like, objectively better than I think it is. But I also just, like, didn't. I don't know. I just, like, I watched it uh, multiple times and not even just back to back, right? Like, I watched it multiple times on different days. And I just, like was not having fun watching this episode for some reason. I don't know what it is.
1: Eh, It's not like a
0: fun episode either. It's really not. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's part of it.
1: I think, I think, I think a big reason that it's still sort of middling is that like, there's a, it's, it's, it's not really fun because it's a lot more of a horror story, but they don't play the horror of it enough, which I know that they can, they have done like, like a lot of the second Mm -hmm. season was a lot of horrific stuff and a lot of body horror. That was very, I think, either either good to great in its execution. And then this is just sort of like, they don't really play the body horror of it at all. And it's also not very fun. And like, it's tragic, but like, it's not tragic enough because they're not playing the horror of it. So it just ends up being kind of middling because again, it's about a character that's like not normally not that compelling. And they do make him more compelling, but it's like not that much more compelling. You know,
0: (laughs) it's like, it's weird when you know, something is tragic, but you like, don't care. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. this is, yes, it, this is definitely tragic. What's happening to him sucks. I know I should feel bad, but like just watching it, I'm like, but who, like, who cares? Like it's, it's Alistair. <laughs> like, I know that's terrible, but like, I don't know. There's something about it. I just didn't connect with. And that's, that's okay. Like, I, I, I don't disagree with any of the points you were making about like what was going well for it. Um, I just, maybe, maybe I'm just, just far too biased against anything, even remotely involving the spider slayers for some reason. <laughs>
1: Maybe. He's like barely a spider slayer
0: too. I know. Well, that's why I was like, do they even call him that? Like, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) I was, you know, I was thinking too after, after I watched it um, again today, I was like, how could you, like, what would make me like think that the spider slayers being like cyborgs was cool? Like I was trying to think up something that would feel unique and feel different. I haven't really landed on it yet, but I think there's something. Like, I don't think there's not a way to do that sort of like going from robots to cyborgs, especially in this sort of like involuntary like punishment, like human experimentation thing. Like, I think there's a lot you could do there, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, I don't know. I want I more, know. John. I want more. <laughs> if you're going to make me experience this stuff again, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well we bring it on our patreon patreon.com slash Thing web snappers <laughs> how was that i don't know if it was great was good or not all right uh we also bring it on our discord you can join us there if you just want to chat with us about anything find a link it's in the show notes today. or what 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 it
0: was it was popping off today
1: oh i haven't been on it today yeah. so i don't know okay, okay, good i will have to <laughs> get, check that out then yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a link in the show notes on our social media. You can also, I mean, you can find it or ask us for the link to it. If, uh, if the link's not working for some reason, otherwise, if you'd like to, to find us individually on the internet, where can we find you, Doug?
0: You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. There's a link on there to a link tree that has all the podcasts you can listen to my beautiful voice on, uh, such as Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast here on the 4Eyed Radio Network, or Novel Gaming, which is a podcast about books and video games I do with my friends. Uh, Derek, what about you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale, and you can find me on YouTube under my video essay show, Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media from a positive lens. You can also check out our monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on Monsters University is out now wherever you get your podcasts. You can also visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com, where we have a full archive of all of our episodes of Walloping Web Snappers and Falling with Style, and any other podcasts that we do together we'll probably add to that website as well if that ever happens. So check us out there. Follow us also on social media, at Walloping Web Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can email us at Walloping Web Snappers Podcast at gmail.com. We'd also love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to us on all podcast platforms, um, especially Apple Podcasts, since that's like the big one. So if you're able to get onto Apple Podcasts or have an Apple device, definitely at the very least leave us a, a, rev- a, a rating. A mm-hmm. review also helps, but a rating that literally takes like one second to just hit that star on. Um, and if you can't do it on Apple podcasts for some reason, if you don't have an Apple device, um, whatever podcast platform you use that allows ratings, it really does help a lot. Um, cause we would, we would really like to have, a, a more ratings on there.
0: Even just following, like I, I'm somebody who, who's like pretty particular about how they manage, like keep their, their Spotify. Um, and I don't really listen to podcasts on Spotify, but I subscribe to all my friends podcasts on Spotify just because even that one extra follow helps a lot.
1: Yeah, that's smart. Uh, Yep, yep, definitely does. Next week, Robbie Robertson, of all people, takes the spotlight in the episode The Sins of the Fathers, Chapter 9 Tombstone.
0: Nice. See you then.
1: See ya.